Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We talked about Big Red leading the charge, and of course, we cannot talk about the Kansas City Chiefs without mentioning the Hunt, the Hunt family, of course. Clark Hunt putting on a heck of a show, bringing in everyone who he has over the past two years, specifically bringing in Veach, bringing in, you know, obviously the players he needs to, but Clark Hunt is setting an example of how the NFL should run their teams in so many different ways. Um... We're going to get to his acceptance speech today of an incredible piece of uh, hardware that he is thrilled to be keeping around Kansas City and Arrowhead where it belongs. But let's hear um, what he had to say after the game. Just as an opening statement, I'm obviously very proud of the team tonight, uh, the effort they put forward. Really thought it was one of the best games uh, that we'd played all year. Um, it's incredible just to get back to the AFC Championship game much less uh, win it and get to go to Tampa with an opportunity to win another Lombardi trophy. Um, I can't speak highly enough about the job that Andy's done the entire year. Um, this year um, had more challenges and more distractions than any football year in recent memory. And uh, Andy did a great job of leading him through that, keeping him focused, and uh, the performance tonight showed it. We'll go first to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Clark. Uh, congratulations. Um, wanted to revisit the decision to run it back. Obviously, it looks like it's worked out, at least so far. But was that a difficult decision to come to, to maybe bring back this group of guys as opposed to maybe make some changes and, and try to bring some fresh blood in here like you did the year before? You know, it really wasn't, and uh, I credit Brett Veach uh, for the job he did with our roster. Um, obviously, most of the starters were the same ones we had last year, but there were a few changes. Um, as he does every year, he found uh, good players who could uh, fill those roles. Um, but really, when we brought the, the nucleus of this team together, uh, the idea was to have a team uh, that would be together for a number of years. Uh, many of the key contributors uh, were very young uh, when we either drafted them or signed them as free agents. And uh, we're just watching the group grow up in front of our eyes. We'll go next to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Clark, you mentioned a little bit about just the, 
the enormity of this year and trying to get through everything you guys had to do. Was there ever a point, you know, in at any point in the off season with everything that was going on in the world where you thought, May, I don't know if there's even going to be a football season. Are you going to get to where you're going to be a couple weeks away from the Super Bowl? I think in the spring and early summer, um, many of us had a lot of uncertainty about how this was going to unfold. Um, I, I don't, you know, think we knew for sure that you could play uh, football safely, uh, that that the virus would not be passed on on the football field. Those were just things we we didn't know, and it was really a step by step process. Uh, for the league and all the teams to figure out how to do it this year and credit to the medical staffs uh, at the league at the players association and with each team on the job they did navigating and coming up with the protocols uh, that allowed us to to play I mean the fact that that we've made it now uh, to the Super Bowl without a game canceled I think is a testament to uh, how good the protocols were and the job that everybody has done to to you know, follow those protocols so that we can be at this point. Go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hello, Clark. Congratulations. I'm wondering if there is a specific example, uh, given today's win, where you can look back and see the, the, the true impact of the importance of the leadership from Patrick and Andy on the team that led to today's success. <clears throat> well, I, I think if you look at the last – uh, seven or so games uh, that, that we played uh, before uh, the Charger game at the end of the season, a lot has been made about how close those games were and the fact that uh, they were all you know, one-score games or less. And I think that's, that really speaks to the leadership that we have on the team, uh, that, that maybe even though the team wasn't at our best on, on those days, the leaders on the team found a way to get it done. Uh, some weeks it was the offense, some weeks it was the defense, and some weeks the special teams uh, contributed to that. But uh, to me, that that's really a sign of great, great leadership. They had each other's back uh, throughout the season and, and allowed us to get through and get get to the playoffs. And then the the performance today, I don't I don't know that it was a complete game, but it was one of the best for sure. Got time for a couple more. We'll do Pete and then Vahe. Go ahead, Pete. Clark, congrats on, on all the success. I know when you took over as chairman it was in the mid-2000s, you would always hope that the Chiefs would be this model franchise that could do something like have a franchise quarterback with the rapport with the head coach and go to multiple Super Bowls, things like that. Now that your your plan is finally coming to fruition, I just was curious how it feels to maybe be looked at across the NFL of a team that some other team out there might be building toward. Well, I, I'm very proud of the group of people that we have here. I, I guess if there was one thing that I would really, you know, point to, uh, that starts with Andy, Brett Veach, Mark Donovan, uh, the leaders in, in the locker room. Uh, I think that group of people has allowed us to build a team that's a consistent uh, winner and one that can uh, hopefully compete for many, many championships. Um, I, I, I certainly don't take it for granted. Um, it's very, very difficult as recent history has proved for teams to get back to the Super Bowl uh, or get back and win the Super Bowl. So our, our job's not done at the, this point, but I'm very proud of the guys. And I think it's really a testament to the quality of the people that we have. We'll go last to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Clark, congratulations. Um, I, I wonder if, uh, if you could just describe the feeling of a, a second time having uh, the trophy in your father's name and and maybe how much that symbolizes um a little bit of a turn after so many hard years in the postseason for for the chiefs 
Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, this year is, is definitely different uh, than last year. In a lot of ways, uh, last year uh, was the finish line for a quest that we'd been on for literally 50 years. And, uh, you know, the, the, that, that first time that you achieve what you set out to achieve will, will always be that special. Uh, but what I remember about last year was getting to lift that trophy in front of our great fans at Arrowhead Stadium with my mom on stage. Uh, that, that setting, I, I will just, I'll never forget. That moment uh, will be one of the most special of my entire life. So, so glad to get to do it again. Uh, thought about, a lot about my dad uh, tonight. Uh, thought about, you know, my, my family and how excited my, my father would have been uh, that we got to do it again in Arrowhead. That's what he would have liked best about it. That is the thing to take away from this. Lamar Hunt. The name on the trophy, it's staying at Arrowhead where it belongs. These moments I love about sports. When this man is sitting here talking about my dad would be so excited about this because think about the impact Lamar Hunt has had on the game of football alone, let alone, you know, building the AFC and just building the NFL, the actual game itself. We can thank him for having names on the back of jerseys, for example. That was a Lamar Hunt call the, um, the name of the super bowl exactly. you know that's a, that's another thing we can thank him for the end zones being labeled with team names and the 50 yard line having just so much of the game that we know to be so normal was uh done or designed at the hand of lamar hunt but also obviously we credit him with the afc and just bringing the team to KC and building it to what it is. And there's been some ups and downs, certainly. But I think it's really cool to hear Clark Hunt talk about his father and how important this trophy is for the team and, of course, moving forward as well. And it's also really cool because the Chiefs were one of the darlings of the AFL. (laughs) And obviously they were very successful early on in the merger. But, I mean, well, in the in the pre-merger days, like right before the merger was officially completed uh, after the, the fourth Super Bowl, um, it was one of those situations where the team was great for a while, and then for many decades they were mediocre to bad. And it, 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 it I part of me is really sad because you wish Lamar Hunt were here to see these great times exactly. because he'd be able to see the franchise that he built go out and dominate the sport that he helped make the the top sport in our country. And so it, it is, it is kind of sad in that retrospect with them, not him, not being able to witness this, but at the same time, his sons carry on his legacy and the chiefs are going out and doing what you wish they would have done decades ago. And it's really fun seeing him be the chiefs, be able to bring back the trophy with his dad's name on it. Right. And it's, 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 like it was a big thing for me last year seeing them like when they first brought the trophy here before that the the AFC championship game last year against the Titans and it was kind of a surreal moment you see that on social media and you're like man they never won that damn thing no oh, and it's you know it was so cool to watch Norma Hunt grab it and just give it a big old kiss yeah and for her to to be there as um you know just on their field you know and again the name of the trophy itself and you know and bringing it back to Clark Hunt being setting the example for NFL owners, you know, obviously across the league, you know, we, we noticed, we were just talking about a little bit off air. So much of this season has been impacted by 
COVID protocols. And I believe that the Chiefs organization is really leading the charge in that as well. In the way we were talking about, we haven't seen a big, you know, outbreak within the team or the front office, knock on wood, obviously. Um, but even just looking at some of the families that the the links that they're going to avoid any type of exposure. And I think the Chiefs are not to say that other teams haven't, but it's pretty obvious who's taking it seriously and who's not. Yeah. From the beginning specifically. It was very apparent from the very get-go the Chiefs were taking this super seriously. Super serious. Masks on, like saw Andy Reid, the face shield that's all fogged up against that the Texans. That will never die. That yeah, will never oh, die. Oh, it's forever me. I love and, it. And it was like it it was very apparent from the very get-go that that Andy Reid and these coaches and these players were taking it very seriously. And they're not gonna gonna go out here and risk the season at exactly, all. Exactly, yeah. Because they knew that this is an important year. You don't get very many opportunities to win back to back championships. Hasn't been done in, in, in 17 years. It's really important for you to be able to go out and and be able to take advantage of opportunities that you get like this. They don't come very often, and they have been hyper focused on trying to make sure that they do everything they can to ensure they give themselves the best chances to win a title. And I really appreciate their approach to handling the pandemic. I, I approach, I very much appreciate how they have taken this very seriously. They haven't had those big outbreaks, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly the NFL I'm sure appreciates that because that means that you, you've got Mahomes, you got Kelsey, you got Tyreek and all these other guys out there playing all these games. Mm-hmm. You're not having to push these games back because of them. And that's something that I, I really think the NFL loves about this squad because they've taken this very seriously. And they haven't been touched the same way that a lot of these teams have with this. They haven't had the hardship as much. And But there's and, maybe a reason why, though. Exactly, because they were hyper-prepared. Uh, that was This is one of the things that I think, you know, I, I talked about this a lot uh, with Bink is like, the reason why the Chiefs, I thought, had the advantage going into the year is because they did not have to – do as much work in the off season to, to have that chemistry Mm -hmm. because you kept the team together. And now you're seeing the, the, the roots of that starting to, to grow and blossom because this team, they know each other, they know what they got to do. And they, they were hyper-focused from the very beginning of the year. And that's the reason why this team's in the situation that they're in. And the consistency, right? It never wavered. And that is huge. And the quarterback. Oh, and then that guy, number 15. That yeah, and then 87 and, and 10, 10 and, and 25. Just and the list goes on. 32. And, and the big one that wears red all the time. Yeah. Like you the, know. The, the fact that you've got the chemistry that you have certainly puts everything uh, into a, a much easier category on as far as being able to have success because they know what they need to do. They, they know how to execute the game plans. They know how to execute all the different plays that they have. They don't need to work as hard as a lot of these other teams because they know what they're doing. They just got to make sure that they're, they're not getting distracted by being champions. And I talked about this a lot this offseason. I mean, during the season. The Chiefs aren't carrying themselves like champions. They're carrying themselves like challengers. And that's something that's really, really fun to see. That is. <laughs> It's cool to have that confidence and know that there's a target on your back and just welcome every challenge that comes your way. It's, it's very respectable and it's very, it's just exciting. Yeah, you know? yeah, I agree. It's fun to watch, but all right. That is our uh, Clark Hunt nod to him for being a, an ex- incredible example across the NFL. So when we get back, we're going to turn the table, learn a little bit about McCole Hardman and his roller coaster of a game. We have more championship rewind coming up next. 
Welcome back in the championship show. Championship Rewind show continues. It is 2.20 in the morning and we are happy you are listening. If you want to chime in, we'd love to hear from you on the J Southland Tow Service text line. Hit us up 913-576-7610. We are talking about one Nicole Hardman. He caught my eye. I'm not going to lie. One of I love this guy. Uh, one reason is his colorful pregame attire. So the most recent one that has me dying is head-to-toe pajamas. Did you see him? Carrying <laughs> yeah. a uh, stuffed... <laughs> carrying a stuffed, uh, stuffed animal as big as him. Um, also, he's known as the jet, so the flight crew. Yeah, he yeah he did outfit. dress up as a as a pilot, a, has, a fighter jet pilot. He's arrived uh, last year at the Super Bowl, I think it was. Yep, he's arrived looking uh, fresh out of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, he had the uh, last week. He came dressed in Mahomes' Texas Tech jersey, yeah. the road jersey. That's hard. He, oh, yeah. I love oh, yeah. it. Hard. And I, I think, I mean, he's funny. He's obviously got some personality, which, um, you know, you know, you always want to make sure it translates to the field, right? Mm-hmm. And so with McColl, we have seen a lot of ups and downs, hence the roller coaster tease earlier. And specific, I mean, this game is, a, I think, a great example of what we have seen from McColl Hardman. Looking for some more consistency. Obviously, the muff punt was terrible. I mean, that was tough, right? That was, I don't know if it was the game, that moment was too big for him, or if he is just one of those people that his brain was already set to start running, but he hadn't caught the ball yet. But that was tough. It was nice to see Andy Reid go back to him and him redeem himself um, with a nice little run uh, and, of course, a touchdown. But he's been all over the place, hasn't he? Yeah, and and – here is the call from the Chiefs Radio Network, uh, which you can listen to the games on 106.5 The Wolf, our sister station. And here is the call for that uh, very, very frustrating muffed punt. Hortkus, I should say, is best in the NFL and gross punting at 51 yards a punt. Hardman takes it and fumbles the ball. Fumbles the ball and it's covered up by the Bills at the three-yard line. McCole Hardman tried to field the ball inside his own five-yard line and fumbles the ball. It's recovered by Buffalo. Bohork has an outstanding punter and has a difficult punt to handle. And he had Micah Hyde right in his face. It's recovered by Taiwan Jones. And the first big break of the game goes in favor of the Buffalo Bills at 619 to go in the first quarter. And this was super frustrating. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it gives us uh, gives us a, a flashback to divisional round last year mm. against the Texans. Tyreek muffs a punt, mm. gives the Texans the ball inside the ten, and, and they score a touchdown. And it was just that at that point, it was twenty one nothing. Really, really frustrating how that happened. And especially for a, a team as talented as as this team is, they usually don't expect them to make disastrous mistakes like that. It, very, it was very apparent that McColl was trying too hard to make a big time play because otherwise the the Chiefs were going to be pinned inside their ten. He's trying to make a play. I can understand that, but you got to secure the ball first. But as as you stated, Jillian, um, Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid, they showed a lot of confidence in McCole Hardman and they went right back to him on uh later on in the court. Second and goal at the three. Mahomes down nine to nothing. 
early in the second quarter. Edwards Hilaire, they throw it left side to Hardman on a wide receiver screen into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Jet on a short flight, this time on a well-played wide screen left, and the Chiefs are on the board at 14-16 to go, second quarter. And that was a big momentous shift right there because the Chiefs, uh, at that point, you're just hoping, okay, let's get a score, let's get back into this one, make it a one-score game, and then if we get a stop, we can take the lead. And lo and behold, the very next time the Chiefs got the ball, they get this. Chiefs take over at their own 18-yard line, trailing 9-7. to They're going to bring it on end around to McCole Hardman. He's got plenty of room. He's at the 25-30. Road gear, 45-50. They block the next guy, 40-35, and dives in front of the Buffalo bench down to the 31-yard line. And that springs this team into a position where they're able to gain control of the game. Uh, you got to give a lot of credit to Andy and, and, and BME for putting him in a situation to make up for that huge mistake. There's not a lot of coaches. Like, if I were the coach, I'd be like, uh, McCole, you're watching the rest you of the game. Out. No uh, sit you're down. out. You're, you're out of the circle of trust here. <laughs> but the fact that you had the enemy and Andy Reid being like, hey, hey, big dog, keep your head up. We're going to go back to you. You got to give him, a, you got to give those guys a ton of credit because you don't see coaches go out there and show that kind of uh, confidence in a player that makes a big mistake like that. And, and I, I'll say this, I am very much happy with how he redeemed himself after that. Cause I, I tweeted this out. I was like, man, this dude's been a disappointment thus far. Well, and, and he, he redeemed himself with the way that he performed after that. Yeah. It's tough. The, the inconsistency might be okay or more accepted at the beginning of the season, maybe mid season, but in the AFC championship game, like there's no room for that. But like like we've been talking about the fact that they went right back to him and said, "Okay, listen, young man, you're going to get another chance. What are you going to do with it? Here's my question. What if he doesn't redeem himself? Well, if he doesn't redeem himself, he's out of the circle of trust and you got to stop giving the football. At least (laughs) at least the rest of this playoff run. And maybe he has a great camp next year and 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 you you start to rebuild that trust in him. Mm -hmm. But uh, like we know this with the Royals. The one thing that made Ned Yost a great manager was that he trusted his players even when the fans didn't. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of players that we knew that we didn't trust. But the the thing about Ned was that even if we didn't trust him, even if the media didn't trust him, mm-hmm. he was going to go out there and and as long as he had any uh, just a little bit of belief in that guy, he was going to go out there and give him an opportunity to prove everyone wrong. And a lot of times he'd be right. You know, he would he would be like, hey, you know, see, I told you this, we could trust this guy. One of the things Ned did, too, is he always took two weeks before he made a decision. Like, yes. he would make it, and then he would wait for two weeks. And he didn't have that time. You had no. about, two uh, minutes, about two seconds. honestly, I mean, you didn't even have two quarters. And then they, they already had the ball back in McColl's hands. Shout out to him for being able, I mean, to McColl himself just for being able to secure the ball after that. Because if it had been me, I would have known. If I dropped that pass, it's over. It is over. Well, again, we got back to you know, these are professionals and they have a job to for do. Sure. I just feel like the the message that BNME Andy Reid sent to Hardman expanded or, or bled beyond just him. I also think it was the team. I also think the other players noticed it and said, "Okay, we're still in this. He's going to turn it around. You know, together we're going. We've got some. You know, plenty of football left." And I think that it's things like that we were talking about earlier that make. Coach Reed so impactful and they, he gets the best out of his players because he does things like that and sends message and 
communicates that, hey, I trust in you, I believe in you, and now I'm holding you accountable, I'm expecting you to fix your mistake. And I think that's huge. Yeah, and and I think it also helps this team when they get down. Because that's one of the things that we saw last year, pretty much all throughout the playoffs. Chiefs down two scores mm-hmm. or more, and they've got to find a way to fight back from that. Mm-hmm. And And not a lot of teams are disciplined enough to just, completely stop, you know, you know, turn on the floodgates and all of a sudden just play out of their mind and play significantly better than their opponent, which is what you have to do when you're down by a pretty big deficit. And we've seen the Chiefs do that. We've seen, I mean, the Chiefs were so great after they were down 9 nothing, And and all of a sudden they they just completely own the uh, the the Bills up until the, the final moments <laughs> when the Bills kind of made it look like they might be able to make it uh, interesting, at least from a, a gambling standpoint. But, I mean, we knew it was over when it was 38-15. We knew it was done then. But the, this Chiefs team was so disciplined after making those mistakes, after getting down by that deficit, and it didn't matter at the end. And I, I think you got to give um, – Andy, a lot of credit for showing the trust in these guys. And that was, this is one of the things you saw after that, after that muff punt, you got, you got Patrick Mahomes, you've got, um, I think you had Tyreek over there. You had Travis Kelsey over there. And instead of being like, dude, what the hell are you doing? McCall right. instead, they're like, Hey, keep your head up, big dog. We're going to get, we're going to get it next time. And that was the thing for me that was, I was like, Oh, we're good. Because the players did not, it was like that Texans game last year where they're down big and instead of guys having their heads down and, oh, we suck, we're going to lose, Mahomes, Kelsey are trying to rile everyone up. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, we'll come back from this. Let's just stop making mistakes. Let's just take care of the little things and we're good to go. And that is the the biggest reason why the Chiefs were able to make that comeback. And the energy just kicked up. When they were starting to make, when they got those first couple of touchdowns, everything changed about that game. And it was kind of the same way here. They just didn't need as big of a kick kickstart mm-hmm. because at this point they already know. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so they just, they got it together. They didn't turn the ball over. And all of a sudden the offense was just able to move the ball down the field, get scores. The defense was making sure that Josh Allen wasn't able to convert on key downs, pass rush getting to him. Uh, the the game completely changed after you saw that moment of confidence being shown in one McCole Hardman, and you got to give Coach Reed a whole lot of credit for doing that. Yeah, it's just the culture that he's built of resiliency of every man. You know, together they're going to come back, they're going to fix the problem, they're going to move forward, and they did. Thankfully. We were grateful, that's for sure. All right, when we come back, we're going to flip to the other side of the ball, talk a little bit about the Chiefs' defense right here on the Championship Rewind Show. The Drive talks exclusively to Patrick Mahomes every Monday at 2.15, 610 Sports Radio. Championship Rewind continues, and rent was due this evening. And who is the known rent collector around one Arrowhead Drive? It's the landlord, it's Tyron Matthew. Himself. Let's hear what he thought about uh, today's game. Congrats on the win. I think the message from everybody has been, you know, it's a good win. It's glad to be here, but the job's not done yet. How do you kind of stay even keel as you cross off one of the big goals on the bucket list coming into the season? It's all about team, man. As um, long as we stay committed to the team, as long as we stay committed to our process, 
um, continuing to trust our coaches, believe in those guys. Um, everything else will take care of itself. Um, it's not really about, you know, individually how we feel. Um, the only thing that matters at the end of the day is whether you won or lost the game. Um, so, um, obviously, it was a great win for us. Um, uh, job not done, though. We got one more game to go. Um, and so we'll be ready for it. Go next to Jory Epstein. Go ahead, Jory. Tyron, obviously, y'all have time to prepare for Tampa, but Brett Beach talked specifically about how your leadership gives him confidence in this defense. What gives you the most confidence about why y'all are ready for Brady and the Bets? It's all about preparation. Um, it's all about, um, you know, the information that you're able to take in and then take it to the field. Um, it's all about um, understanding um, and believing in your coaches, um, all about believing in their plan, the game plan. Um, and, and then from there, it's all about us going out there, trying to execute that game plan. And, um, you know, you're not always in the best position. Sometimes, you know, we got to go above the X's and O's to make a play. But, um, you know, it's all about team. It's all about our coaches. Go next to Herbie Teofi. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Tyron. During the week, you had mentioned how dangerous these Bills receivers were, but it seems like there was a concerted effort today to take away Stefan Diggs. W what went into the plan to take away Diggs? Well, I, I, I felt like for the most part, um, you know, we ran our, you know, same defense that, that we've been running, um, you know, for the last couple of weeks or so. Um, obviously, you know, he's a great receiver. So, you know, great receivers require you to double them from time to time. Um, but at the end of the day, I thought, you know, I thought Traveris Ward, I thought Rashard Breeland, um, Rashad Fenton, Jarius Sneed, you know, Dan Sorensen was covering wide receivers today. Um, so I kind of, you know, I had a day off in my mind. Um, so, um, you know, it's good to see those guys step up, you know, and win their one-on-one -on -one matchups. Um, um, and that's what it's all about, man. It's all about technique. It's all about leverage um, and just making the plays that come to you. We'll take three more. Adam, Nate, and then Vahe. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Tyron, a couple things. Uh, first of all, Pat, he had a lot to overcome this week. When did you know, not that he's just going to play, but that he was going to play as well as he did today? And Brad, I'll have one follow-up as well. <laughs> I knew I knew after the last game, you know, when he was in the locker room, and, you know, he had that look in his eye like, don't forget about me. Um, so, uh, you know, he's a great talent, man. He, he's a better teammate. Um, he's a better person. Um, just watching him work throughout the week, um, he was the same old Pat. You know, he's the same teammate, same leader. Uh, moving around, trying to extend plays, even in practice. Um, so uh, then on top of that, he's a gamer. So it doesn't necessarily matter the situation or the circumstances. Um, you know, he tends to rise above all of that. I'm curious what your real ex realistic expectations were when you signed here. Did you think that you weren't just going to get a shot at a Super Bowl and a championship, but may uh, multiple Super Bowls and maybe multiple championships? I didn't, I didn't you know, to be honest, man, obviously – you know, you have big-time dreams. You have big-time goals. Um, obviously, you know, it was a great football team before I got here. Obviously, you want to compete for a championship. But the only expectation I had, man, was to come in and, you know, show the guys who I am, you know, day-to-day. -day. Um, and so it's two years later, and, you know, I mean, practice, you know, still means the most to me. You know, game day is just a – it's fun. But, you know, for me, it's all about practice. It's all about how I prepare and how I get my teammates prepared. So – um, but I'd probably say, you know, that was my only expectation, man, was to come in here, work hard, understanding that, you know, we had a great team, a great coaching staff, and a lot of those things take care of themselves. We'll go last to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. 
Hey, Tyron, I know you guys are back-to-back champions and you've won 24-25 before today, but was there a sense in the locker room that guys were still motivated by some naysayers out there that were obviously either picking the Bills or weren't confident that you guys had the chance to go back to the Super Bowl based on, you know, winning close games instead of, you know, the traditional blowout that you had tonight? I mean, obviously, man, you know, we live in a social media world and, you know, TVs are always on. Some places got 30 TVs in, in one building, you know? So, you know, you hear a lot, you see a lot. Um... I think at the end of the day for us, man, it's all about team. It's all about whether or not we're committed to each other. Um, it's not necessarily about any outside noise. Um, just looking through the locker room, looking around the locker room. Um, you know, everybody believes in each other. You know, it doesn't matter if it's Pat Mahomes out there or Chad Henney. Uh, it doesn't matter if we're throwing a deep ball to Tyreek Hill or, you know, Demarcus Robinson. I think in everybody's mind, it's our play to make. So, um, you know, it's just good to have that bond. It's good to have that chemistry, man. Um, I think that's what keeps you know, great teams going, you know, is that commitment to to one another. That team bond, that chemistry, everything you hear that comes out of this guy's mouth is everything is, it's all about team. It's all about team. This is who we are together. You know, the the expectation is that every man will do his job. And he just, I mean, he, I feel as if he could maybe be a motivational speaker when he is done <laughs> playing football. As long as he's not doing those speeches that Ray Lewis does, <laughs> where it's like, you don't know what the hell he's saying. He's talking just, about all sorts of things. Yeah. He's just like rambling for five minutes and you don't know what he's talking and about. Like a, no, but he always brings it back to, it's about team. It's about, like he just said, our chemistry, our bond. We together ignore the outside noise. We stay, you know, we we don't get distracted by those things and everything about him. And we were just talking to off air a little bit about it is it's our team and we're not done yet. Like, yes, we've made it this far, but guess what? We have more to do. And that is that leadership is just oh, that intangible. Like he's just so valuable what he brings to the defensive side of the ball and really the whole locker room. And he's not just a talker either. Yeah, right. He leads by example mm-hmm. on the field. Like his, like the way he like today and especially last week against the Browns, some of the best games he's played all season long. Mm-hmm. He was excellent just everywhere, especially last week. He was everywhere on that field, mm-hmm. making plays everywhere. Got the pick um, off of Baker, jumped, uh, I think, Jarvis Landry route. And and just he's everywhere. Like you saw him today, like whenever they sent him uh, on blitzes, he was getting pressure at Josh Allen, forcing him out of the pocket, like, uh, you know, in pass coverage, they just there were a lot of plays they weren't able to make because he was right there. Mm-hmm. I, Tyron just always seems to bring it in the biggest of games, and he's definitely a guy that doesn't just talk the talk; he walks the walk. Yeah, he has that attitude too. I saw a video of him getting absolutely crushed. Like he's not a large man, but he—I mean—he does his he job. He plays like he's bigger than yeah, he is, exactly. But he got absolutely crushed, and the dude popped up and he laughed and he said. That's a tackle for a loss. Thank you very much. And he went off on his merry little way. And just the attitude, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing that is going to stop him. And he just has that on a minute-to-minute, day-to-day, hour-to-hour time frame. And it's just infectious. And so I think he is, I mean, he just brings so much to this defense. People need to start putting respect on the name of this Chiefs defense. (laughs) This is one of the things I, I, I don't think we heard enough about. I did not. I, I predicted the score 41-24 in favor of the Chiefs, so I was a field goal off. <laughs> but a lot of people are like, oh, man, this is going to be a, a track meet, and uh, the Bills are going to be able to score a bunch of points on the Chiefs' defense. And I just I didn't, I didn't buy into it. And the reason why I didn't buy into it is because this defense is better than people are giving them credit for. I mean, they, they gave up 24 points to the number two offense in the NFL. That's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. The the Bills offense was very, very good this season. 
I mean, Josh Allen, I mean, uh, one of the best year-to-year improvements we've seen from a quarterback in, in the NFL's history, and he looked like an actual top uh, top line volume passer when last year he kind of looked like he was a step up from Tim Tebow where he could throw the football, but he's not a guy that you trusted to throw the football too much. You want to use his running ability. You want to use the running ability of the running backs that are lined up next to him. If you have to rely on him as a pocket passer, you're probably going to lose. And you saw those struggles during the regular season and in the playoffs when they struggled against a bad Texans defense. And that's the reason why they ended up losing that game in Houston and watching the rest of the playoffs. And this year he took a big step forward. So a lot of people expected this bills offense to be able to get the requisite points that they needed against the chiefs to make it competitive. They didn't do that. They were getting held to field goals on drives where they needed touchdowns. And, you know, for as much as people uh, malign the Chiefs' defense for not being able to stop teams in the red zone, the Chiefs did an excellent job tonight stopping teams in the stopping the Bills in the red zone and forcing Sean McDermott to have to be more conservative than he he would love to be. Uh, I'm pr- pretty sure he'd love to be aggressive on fourth uh, fourth and goal at the two and a half yard line. He was like, no, because I can't guarantee I can get two and a half yards on fourth and goal right before the half uh, when the Chiefs are going to get the ball back at the beginning of the second half. That's something you've got to give a lot of credit to this defense for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take away that easy touchdown that the Chiefs, that, that the Chiefs gifted the, the Bills because of McCole Hardman's muffed punt, right. and it's 17 points they allow there. 17 points they allow last week to the Browns. That's really impressive for some offenses that have shown they can score. They can score points in, uh, when they need to against good defenses. This is the, the people aren't going to talk about this enough over the next two weeks. But the Chiefs' defense needs to get more credit than they're than than they're being given for their ability to keep this team uh, in a position to win against any opponent that they play. And that's a big shout out to obviously Spags, but also captain of that side, obviously. Tyron Matthew and then Anthony Hitchens, another playmaker, had some very uh, his consistency has been good, which is I think very valuable and especially at this time. A little of the surprising season. too, because you know the last few years he's been maligned as being one of the worst players on the defense, but Hitchens has actually kind of been a rock on this defense this so, year. This year, and he had some good things to say as well. Hey Anthony, can you just kind of speak to the chippiness that was kind of happening out there during the game? and how maybe difficult it was to keep your guys' cool when it got a little crazy out there near the end. Yeah, I mean, it's a very high emotional game, you know, and, uh, I mean, we were starting to pull away there, and, I mean, I, they, they knew we were, uh, you know, fitting the win right there. So, I mean, it gets a little chippy at the end. It's chippy throughout the whole game, but, it, you know, it's just getting more escalated at the end where uh, we, we knew we were going to win the game. So, I mean, it's part of football. I think we got to do a little better job of controlling our emotions and that at that point because if it was a close game it could have cost us no point so uh that's just something we're going to correct here going forward and get ready for the super bowl let's go next to pete sweeney good pete hitch congratulations i know your job and the rest of the defense's job gets a lot easier when chris jones is really playing well seems like that was the case tonight how did you see his game and how did it help things out for the rest of your defense yeah, I mean, Chris is uh, unstoppable, like 90% of the time. Like, he's, he's a big, fast, strong, quick, you know, human. There's not too many guys in this league that, you know, can block him or wants to block him. 
for that matter. Uh, and from first snap to the last snap, he, he was going, you know, hard and 110. And that's what we need. Uh, it's the playoffs, man. Your best players got to play well. And I think we, uh, as a team, we did that. I'll go last to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Anthony, three seasons in, in Kansas City. You've gone to three AFC title games, two Super Bowls. What has just this all meant for you? And what was, what's was what been the importance to you of, you know, coming to Kansas City for your life and your career? Yeah, I think when I'm done, I look back and, uh, and you know, reminisce and all that stuff. But right now, I, I'm just staying in the moment. It's, it's hard to really look back to be like, yeah, three this and then chance for two rings and things like that. I'm just staying in the moment. Like, all I'm focused on right now is how to get better on this bye week and then leading up to the week to the game to get a win. And maybe this offseason, I'll look back on it and, and things like that. But to be honest, I'm one of those guys that just stay in the moment. I, I have to do that. I don't look forward. I don't look back. Good plays or bad plays or <clears throat> good seasons or bad seasons and, and things like that. Uh, I feel like that's what helped me get to seven years and going on eight next year. It's just staying in the moment, you know, stay stay in, you know, in that moment and then try to just uh, do your best you know, at that time. So, yeah, I'll probably look back when I'm done. Uh, right now, my head's down and I'm grinding. Heads down and he's grinding. Excellent. Good words to hear from him, though. Obviously, just stay in the moment. And again, seven years in the NFL. Successful. And on maybe his last couple of years, look at where he's made it. So pretty impressive. That defensive unit, obviously, Spags and Matthew and Anthony Hitchens there to end it all. When we come back, we know the pass rush was alive. We're going to break that down and hear from some of the guys. Don't go anywhere. The Chiefs Kingdom Show with Mitch Holtis. Monday nights at 6. Right here on 610 Sports Radio. Championship Rewind continues. We're breaking down the game, how excited you are, how you're celebrating. Uh, Just talking about how good life is right now in the Chiefs' kingdom. And one reason why is because Spags had the defensive side of the ball on point today. They came, they showed up, they showed out. Uh, The pass rush was a big part of that, obviously going into the game against a guy like Josh Allen. You know that has to be a... That's a critical part of breaking him down because if not, then he's going to pick your defense apart. And uh, our our guys came ready. Uh, the pass rush was hot and heavy. And you heard Anthony Hitchens talking about Chris Jones specifically. Big, fast, strong guy. Just a fun guy to watch too. Remember when he just was like hyping up the game in between plays? Oh yeah, and he's just fun, man. Yeah, he's he's a character. You love him off Gregarious. the field. You love him on the yes. field. He. I'll tell you this. He did get a little lucky in that game. <laughs> in that first half, he threw a punch. He threw a punch or one of connect? those. Yeah, he connected. I didn't see it. Yeah. Luckily, the refs didn't see it either. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have been tossed out the game. Dang. But, you know, if, if the refs don't see it, then it, it's all good. But that that would have been a game-changing situation. To lose him? If Chris Jones would have got tossed out for throwing that punch, he's got to have a cooler head. This guy's mm-hmm. a pro, and he, he's, he's one of the best defensive tackles in the game. So he's he's got to keep a cooler head in, in that situation. But r- regardless of what happened, he was he's definitely one of the biggest impact players they have on the defense. Mm-hmm. One of the most important guys out there. And, and he had a very good impact as far as being able to generate a pass rush on Josh Allen. We know how important that is. The last time the Chiefs played him, worst game of the season for him. They blitzed him like 50% of the time, and it was very, very effective. Uh, 122 passing yards in that game. 
was not very good at all. And that's the reason why the Chiefs dominated the Bills in Buffalo back when they played them in October. Um, Chris Jones had this to say after the game, Chiefs win over the uh, Buffalo Bills. You can't really put it into words, man. A lot of players sacrificed a lot on this team, man, whether it was personal goals, whether it was individual goals, whether it was um, position goals, man, a lot of people sacrificed a lot, man. All for this moment right here, man. It's surreal. You know, this is what you work hard in training camp. This is what, you know, you grind it out, waking up at 6 a.m., get your nose swab every day, man. Hey, this is all worth it. You know what I mean? The nose swabs are okay now, yeah, right? you know, they, they were sticking it in my nostrils. <laughs> I, I think they was trying to see what I was thinking, man. It was crazy. <laughs> but it's all worth it, man. It's all worth it. Especially with those guys that, um, what up, dog? <laughs> no, especially with those guys there in the back of me, man, they work so hard, man. We put a lot into this. We dedicated ourselves to this for the six months that we have in this, and um, it shows today. Defense again came to play in a, in a big game, holding a good offense in check. What did it take today? Listen, defense gave up 15 points. And I know this, this game is not about numbers. This game is about two letters, a W and L. We came up with a W. Defense played good. Man, we headed to the Super Bowl, man. We headed to the Super Bowl, baby. <laughs> Chris Jones, congratulations on the win. Hey, appreciate it, man. Hey, a hell of a lot of hard work, man. Um, Andy Reid, baby. You got to fight for your right to Lombardi, baby. Lombardi, we will see you soon. <laughs> Two weeks, baby. Let's go. That's Chris Jones, guys. Sorry for the beep. Love that guy. I love him. That Thanks to Kling for getting that audio on the field right after the game. Chris Jones is such a character. I don't think they got the beep in the live. I'm just guessing. Oh, they didn't get it live. <laughs> they did not get it live. Oh, but luckily, he got that new contract. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, they'll be all right. We'll be all right. But, but yeah, like, luckily, uh, luckily, we got the time and hindsight to edit it and play it clean over the air. But, but yeah, he, I mean, he was hyped for it. He and is, and yeah. you got to give him, like, he's one of the emotional leaders of this defense. And, uh, you know, the whole sack nation thing was started by him and he's helped build the culture of that pass rush and mm-hmm. in, in a way that we hadn't seen before. And there's a lot of confidence that they got out there and a lot of swagger. And I know that, that that certainly there are times when they can get emotional when they're criticized about their jobs. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to go out there and perform when you make the kind of money that you have and you have the kind of talent mm-hmm. that these guys have. And so it was really nice being able to see these guys go out here and and have the kind of success that they had today. Another guy that has a lot of pressure, make a lot of money, is uh, Frank the Shark Clark. And uh, he has not been as impactful this season as he as he was last season. But still, uh, when it came down to it, Frank made the plays that he needed to, got a sack today, was able to generate pressure, and certainly made life very, very difficult for one Josh Allen. Here is uh, Frank Clark talking about the uh, talking about today's win over the Buffalo Bills. Hey, Frank, congratulations. Um, you guys are having a lot of fun now. It got a little ugly out there in the second half. It got a little chippy out there. Was that just kind of what happens in the course of one of these games when it's do or die for another yeah. team? And it's, it's all good, though, with, with everyone? Yeah, yeah, it's always good, man. Um, you know, emotions is high. Um, games start kind of getting out of hand at the end. You know, you start – I mean, I don't know the feeling of the other team, but I know us personally, you know, getting excited, um, just trying to close the game out, finish strong. You know what I mean? Um, that's all. I mean, you watch it in football all the time when, you know, you're playing for these type of things. You're playing for a trip to the Super Bowl, you know, so emotions running high. 
you know, emotions everywhere and stuff like that. But we kept it together enough to make it off the field into the locker room and hold the trophy. So I think that's all that matters. Go next to Pete Sweeney. Go Pete. Hey, Frank, congratulations. Uh, thinking back to the season and, and just the year, just how satisfying was it with the everything on the line here, being able to register the two sacks and big spots tonight? Um, I just, I'm just happy to be able to do everything I can for my team, honestly. Um, I don't really count numbers and stuff like that, man. I've been successful in this league individually for a long time now. Um, you know, just doing what I have to do, man. Uh, I know how important it is, you know, for this, for this, um, on this tour that we on, man, to get back to this position that we're in now. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I, I sacrifice a lot, man. And just to be able to go out there, man, my coaches put faith and trust in me. Um, got all the faith in the world with Spags, called and plays. And that's all it is with us, man. We got two more. We'll go Sam and Aaron. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Frank. Congrats, man. Um, we talk a lot about just X's and O's and the talent that you guys have. I'm wondering, especially since you've been part of two franchises, can you put – sort of a measurement on what kind of role just the personality of this team and the personalities within the locker room contribute to what you guys do? Yeah. And I mean, it's not, it, you know, I don't want to throw no shade on nobody else or, you know, my former team I played for or nothing like that, but it's just, you know, here's, it's, um, you know, you got guys, you got a group of guys that want to play um, for, for the coach and they want to play um, for each other. You know what I mean? When you're out there and you got to make a sacrifice for the next man, you know, this he might not be feeling too well, or he might be a little banged up or something. You understand this. The media—it's the things the media don't really understand that's going on within that brotherhood and that locker room. And it's like sometimes you got to step up and make sacrifices. You know, sometimes you got to make sacrifices that you probably wouldn't necessarily make. You know, it can be a play call, it can be you know um, a situation, it can be you know the way the dynamics of the game is going. You watching the beginning of the game today, you know, it kind of looked shaky in the beginning. You know, um, defense, we're getting stops. We're getting, you know, um, forcing them to kick field goals and stuff. You know, we get the muff punt, whatever. And it kind of looks shaky. I mean, as it should. It's a it's a, it's a, a championship football game, you know. That's what you want to see. That's so Chase Young say that he wants Tom Brady. He wants Tom. You have a message for uh, the GOAT headed in the Super Bowl? Um, nah, I ain't got nothing to say to him. I'll see his ass on Sunday in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Classic Frank <laughs> Clark. There it is. That is a well media trained person. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. Frank wanted to say something there. But Frank, when, when he was asked that question, Andy Reid's voice is sitting in the background. No bulletin board material. And I guarantee you, as soon as he, he, he heard that voice in his head, he's like, I see his ass on Sunday. That's exactly what happened there. He wanted to say something, and I guarantee you, a couple weeks from now, he'll say everything he wants to say to Tom Brady on the field. But but I guarantee you that media training, because the Chiefs have really good media training, uh, they they that media training came in and they were like, no, don't say a damn thing, because you don't want that to be put out there on on Sports Center uh, or, or first take over the next couple weeks media day over there in uh in Tampa you don't want that to be broadcast out there for Tom Brady and and then you create a little extra extra motivation for the Bucks on the or, other side though that that mocked up from uh Super Bowl Sunday whenever they get Chris, uh Frank Clark in the mic that's going to be crazy oh yeah gonna that's going to awesome. be and classic. I guarantee you they're going to try their best to egg him on at media day 
they're going to try their best to get him to say something. <laughs> because you could tell he wanted to say something there. Right, but he's he said what he needed to say. I'll see him on the field, and my actions uh, will do the speaking. I'll see your ass on Sunday. But I you think, know he wanted to say something right. there. I think they both, though, Frank Clark and Chris Jones, both spoke so highly of the bond between their teammates. And he said the brotherhood and, you know, my, my teammates have sacrificed and you don't know what everybody's going through, whether it be this, that, or the other. And there are days where you just have to take up for your teammate. And I just can't un- talk enough about how much that plays a role in why this team is such a complete team and why they, you know, you see have Patrick Mahomes, I trust my guys over absolutely anybody or absolutely anything. Like, that's what this team is about, like that together, that bond, that trust and believe everybody's in on it and, you know, moving forward. So it's, so it makes them so unique. But I love these two guys in particular because you get every every side of the spectrum. You get the serious, you know, uh, what we've sacrificed, our personal goals have been accomplished, what you guys don't see. And then you get the, you know how many times they stuck a whatever up my nose. You know what I'm saying? Like you get <laughs> the serious side, but you also get their they personality. They made some sacrifices. But, uh, two quick things here before we before we go to break. First off, Frank had this uh, really nice fur coat on. Oh, the mink. Yeah, it was it was Dope. it was beautiful. It was Ric Flair esque. Uh, you got to give that man a lot of he was credit just for the swagger. Around with it on hopefully, his shoulders. hopefully he wears that in Tampa at, at Media Day in a week and a half. It'd be super uh, hot. It, it he'll be fine. It'll be okay. Like uh, you got to bring that swagger there to to Media Day, and to, as we go in here to the Super Bowl, you got to bring that swag to be the man. You got to beat the man, and right now the Chiefs are the man. So hopefully he brings that. And second off, he said he didn't want to uh, throw no shade at his former team, the Seahawks. He was throwing shade. I mean, he said because, it a couple times. Because he said it in a very, very roundabout way. Hey, those guys weren't committed to winning. They weren't committed to sacrificing for the team. That's what he said in, in very nondescript, non-direct terms. He was very much throwing shade. He was just doing it in a roundabout way. Because again, he doesn't want to create controversy, but he wants to say it was on his mind. You don't have to give them billboard material though he ain't got to worry about that yeah he ain't got to worry about that at least for now but yeah he he definitely wanted to speak his mind but he knew he couldn't he d- he'll do it on the field it's all good he'll do it on the field stick around guys we have more championship rewind right after these messages we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 